today we're looking at the world, we're looking at God's word from Isaiah, um, Psalm chapter 1 to 1, verse 1 to 2. If anyone can get into that and read God's not grateful. Psalm 1 to 1, verse 1 to 2. It's a very popular song, something that I'm sure in our lives, in the of our lives, we've all stood up upon that word. Psalm 1 to 1? Yes, verse 1 to 2. One and two, is it? One and two, yes. yes. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord, who made the heaven. Amen. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes our help? I have come from the Lord who made the heaven and the heads. Amen. Amen. And, and this word is a word that means so much to me. It's a word that I know that I've been standing upon for so long. It's just something that the Lord just keeps putting out there again and again. And I'm sure it's a word that, res uh, that resonates with all of us. I know each and every single one of us will always need help. I don't think there's anyone that exists that doesn't need help. As human beings, we cannot thrive or we cannot even accomplish without the help of someone. Each those around you, external help, immediate help. We are humans that rely on others, you know. But in this verse, God is saying that, or the author here was writing, and says, I will lift up my eyes to the eels from whence comes my help. My help comes from the one who made the heaven and the earth. And so we're going to break this word down. I love looking, when I look at the word, I want to break it down, simplify it, and digest it. You know, every word of God means so much. And we're going to start, it says here that I will lift up my eyes, my eyes. The eyes is so important. When I was reading there, I was just coming to realize that our eyes is so essential to who you are, to who you become. Do you agree? What you see plays into who you become. If you look at the story of Jacob when he was trying to multiply those sheep, you know, he created a spotted, he told, he told his father, you know, just give me the spotted one, which were supposed to be the, you know, the faulty ones. Give me the faulty ones. So the, the, in far in all, like, yeah, I'll give him the speckled one, the one that's pointless, the one that will not bring much forth. And it wasn't much, but God gave them an insight to create something that allowed them to multiply in speckles. So to the sheep, their hides caused them to begin to multiply. And when they were being multiplied, they were coming back as speckles. You know, the speckled one was usually the faulty one. You know, most time in that time, to be the perfect, you know, breed would be the one that has one of those speckles and, on, and strips on them. So, the eyes is very essential. The Bible calls the eyes as the window to the, um, the what did he call it? He said the eyes is a lamp to the soul, the lamp to the body. So our eyes determine in so many ways, what, not only what we see, even the condition you find yourself. For so many people, it's what they've seen that's caused them to be in the problem and the issue that they have. You know, so our eyes is very essential because it's also the times we will seek for help. You know, because when you're looking around and you look to man for help, that is where your help comes from. But God is calling us beyond. But more than importantly than what we see with our physical eyes is what we see with our supernatural eyes. And every single human, both Christian and non-Christian, have a spiritual eye. The Bible refers to it as the eyes of our understanding. You know, it can be interpreted as that power ability for you to discern between what is physically seen and what is not sin, you know, the high is the lamp of the body. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 says, 
The high is the lamp of the body. So if your high is clear, spiritually perspective, your whole body will be full of light, benefiting from God's um, precept. So what are you seeing? Are you seeing just your physical eyes? Because if you look for help with physical eyes, the chances are you will receive just what? Physical help or temporary help. But God is calling us to look beyond. If you look at the story of um, Peter, when he went to the beautiful gate and he met that cripple, I know I Minister mean, Kay has gone through that Bible passage which was a couple of weeks or months ago. In Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 8, I'll just quickly read. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain, ma- a certain man, lame from his mother womb, his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask her hands from those who entered the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for arms. So he saw Peter and John with his physical eyes. And all he could ask for was what, what he needed. They would drop him at a certain position and he would beg. He would beg, and that was what probably he used to sustain himself. Because he was crippled, he was afflicted. But who would, who would say, anyone looking at, looking at him would know that he needed a help beyond just the arms, right? His help really was the healing. But he couldn't, maybe he's been in that situation for so long, so he couldn't even think or even discern that those coming before him could do much more than just the hands, the money that they're gonna give him. So his physical height was looking at a temporary solution. But Peter, if we go, just keep on reading, it says, we'll see Peter and, and John about to go into the, into the temple, ask for arms, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. Go beyond the physical. Go beyond the ordinary. Go beyond your immediate need. Oh gosh, um, a bill is coming in. I need to just suck out that bill. Oh my God, I'm coughing. I need to. Look, there's something deeper. Whatever it is that we're going through, there's only a deeper route. Go beyond here. And it says here. Um, so he gave them his attention. Thankfully, you know, Peter was able to call his attention from the physical to the beyond, you know. And so he gave them his attention, still expecting to receive something from them, still expecting to receive money, right? Then Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do, what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him, so Peter took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankles, bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. He went looking for temporary solution. He will come back the next day. If he had received money, the next day he would have still come back for that money again. They would drop him at the same position. And which brings to mind, what issues in our life are we dealing with living on a temporary basis? You know, God is calling us to see these John that, just like that, that man. Because in restoring his, his, um, his, his health, his feet, now he will be able to provide for himself, and maybe even for other people also. He received a restoration of not just health, but his status. He was a cripple. He was a lowly status person in the community. It wasn't, you know, it was a, for lack of a better word, an entity. It wasn't seen as much. But now, by the grace of God, he's able to arise. Because he was able to look beyond that man and look to a help in Christ, in Peter and John, which was Jesus. 
And that's what God is calling us. God is saying, look beyond whatever thing that you think your solution is. I want to do more. 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 God wants to do more for us. You know? And this is the story of the um, of 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 that of that situation of Peter and, and the man in the beautiful gates. And in some cases, what our eyes see, you know, this height is so essential, it's so important. I have four of it right now, my glasses, you know, so I see twice as much, even though it's as big. But on a serious note, if my height can actually endanger me based on what I'm saying. And we saw this in the story of David. You know, what David's height saw caused him. One of the biggest tragedy of his life, from that one singular heart, it was he lost. Michelle, how do we get started? Not only did he lose that child that came that came out of the adultery, his child, he was not able to build the temple of God because of what he did to a man. God says his own child did the same thing. You see the wave of effect, the ripple effect of what his eyes cost them. You know, so we have to be careful what we eyes look up to. And you're looking for help. Be careful what you're, where you're going to. You know, the highs of Adam and Eve caused them most of the time. You know, they weren't looking. And often we'll say, oh, well, they were tempted. But their high saw, and I'll read the story here. It says, in the serpent sent to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat, this, eat of it, your eyes will be open. Eyes again. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw, that the tree was good for food. So our temptation originated from what she saw. Remember I said that even though we are looking up to the ill, sometimes the solution or the problem that we find ourselves is as a result of what we've seen, what our eyes have been casted upon. And we live in a world that is so busy, so conflicting in information. Be careful, our eyes is the window, is the lamp of our soul. I, I keep saying, I mean, it's not a biblical word. I know we say that word, the, the light, the eyes is the window to the soul. It's not far found in the world, but it's, it actually makes sense, doesn't it? Because it's what you see affects the decisions that you make. You know, so Adam and Eve, they didn't only lose their spiritual side. As a result of that action, she saw that it was good. Oh, this was good. And it truly desirable to make one wise. You know, she forfeited all of our inheritance. And she now became an outcast. What now we are begging for is what they had, you know. And in the, in doing so, they lost not only the Garden of Eden, they lost their spiritual sight, and they lost the presence of God. They lost the presence of God. We, what we look at not cause us to lose His presence in Jesus' name, Amen. you know. But the eyes is also good because it can see good. And the story of Moses, I'm not going to really expound on that. Show how Moses, when he saw that fire burning. He saw it and that embarked him on a journey of drawing nearer to God, of knowing who God is. So what do you see? You know, because is your heart the one causing you to look for the help? But the good news is that even if our heart has caused us to be in that problem, this same heart will bring up our solution. Mm -hmm. Our sight is so powerful because we are created to see not just in the physical. You know, if you look at the physical, you get physical um, solution, temporary solution. But God is calling us on a high, on a higher revelation, a higher breakthrough, you know. But the ill, the other part I want to talk about before we go into that help is the ill. And when I was looking at that Bible verse, I would look up to the ill. I kept asking, why the ill? Why is the ill essential? Why not? I would look up to God. I would, you know, why is the ill? And I was reminded 
that it was on a hill that Jesus Christ died. So that hill signifies rather the place of deliverance. So this writer has seen predetermined, he had seen before now with his inner eye that the hill is where his help is and is going to be coming from. He wasn't looking at a hill. Remember the children of Israelites, whenever they committed the atrocity, they would go and commit adultery, um, idolatry by, um, by doing sacrifice on the hill to this God. So the hill had been perverted for so long. But Jesus Christ came and changed the testimony of the hill. Because on that hill he died, that you and I will not struggle and die in our, in our situation. On that hill that he died, he gave us opportunity to find deliverance in every situation of our lives. So God is calling you to look up to no one else but to that hill. Because it's on that hill that Jesus Christ is going to give us everything that our life requires. What is it that you're needing? I know that for me, there's so many things I'm crying out to God. And I've resoluted in my heart that God, it's only you I will look unto. It will be easy to look to man. Man could help. But to what limitation? To what extent? Man is, ex man is limited in his help because, one, they are limited in their help to the amount, to the capacity of what they will, and to the favor that they have for you. If you're in favor with them, then they will find you. But if you go out of favor, then their help ends. Man is limited to their help in terms of their life. If they die, that help ends, right? And even the power that they have, they are limited to the power. No matter how powerful a man is, he's not powerful all around the world. Your power, your what you need may be in a different place, in a different dimension, in a different land. And you're looking for to someone who can only help you within the sun land. God is saying, look to me. He's the creator of everything. Because when you look to Jesus Christ upon that hill, I mean, that hill represents so many things. It represents hope. It represents health. It, 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 are you ill health? Are you struggling with your health? Upon that hill, you find resolution to your health. It represents life. Is your life in chaos? On that hill, you find solution to your health, to, to your life. It, it talks about breakthrough. On that hill, you find joy, peace, new beginning, better tomorrow, so much. So when you're looking up, are you looking onto man again? Or are you looking onto that hill? That significant signifies all that you need. You know, so we don't just look unto you, but we look unto Jesus Christ because He is the one that represents us. He is our heal helper. That help is Jesus Christ. That heal is Jesus Christ. And you know what happened when we look to the heal? When we look to Jesus, there's an exchange. And that is why I realize, oh, this, this just makes sense. When you look to God for help, He exchanges what you're struggling with. What is it? that is wearying you, that is drowning you. God wants to exchange it. God wants to exchange it. He says that, call unto me, all you who are weary and heavy loving, and I will give you help. What is it that feels more than you can bear? God wants to exchange it. What is it that feels like, a, that feels like it's pulling you down under? God wants to exchange it. Because as we look to him, that exchange begins to take away everything from our, from our lives that doesn't belong there. You know, his exchange, I said, his exchange, he exchanges our limitations, our hopelessness, and all that is missing. You know, when we look to him, we begin to experience peace, right? I was talking to the children today, one of the Bible passages that we're talking about is in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. And it talks about how the peace of God that passes all understanding 
it goes beyond mind and comprehend. Because it says like when it when it, it, will, it, will, it will exchange our peace and will take away our worry and give us his peace. You know, we can find that in Isaiah chapter 26. It says you will keep him in perfect peace, whose eyes, whose mind is stained on you. Remember, our spiritual mind, our spiritual descent, our spiritual sight is that capacity to see with our inner mind. It says that it will when, we, when we look to him, it will exchange our life, no matter how faulty that life is. It will exchange it with his own abundant life. John chapter 3, verse 16, a very popular one. It says, God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son, that whoever believed in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You know, as we look to that, as we look to Jesus Christ, who is our heel helper, we begin to experience his protection. What is it? You know, this week, I just, I was just, I don't know, I just had such a restlessness. And so at the end, I just knew that the enemy was trying to play with my mind. I was just worried about my family. And I was like, God, what's going on? And I know the kind of worry that you could shake. I would shake it and it would come. And I kept remembering there was a friend of mine, oh God, you see, one of my listeners is so powerful. Years ago, a friend of mine called me and I said, oh, I, I had a dream and so-and-so, you know, you lost so-and-so. At that moment, I knew I was coming from that friend. I'm like, you're not going to bring a negative story to me and you're not going to change it in the world of life. You know, anyway, so as I was, that worry was just flooding my mind, thoughts and, you know, scenarios that could happen, but I was not reminded again of what that friend had said. And I just had to say, God, no, 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 no. I refuse to give my peace. I refuse. I just had to start speaking life into every moment. And it was so, I knew it was like a spiritual fact battle in my mind. Because every single day, it was like I was overcoming in an hour, it comes again in different dimensions. And it was scenarios. And it was, I could just feel that if I wasn't looking to Jesus, that moment, all that could be reality. Because fear would open door, right? Mm -hmm. I just had to remind myself that I could look up to the hills. God, you are my help. I'm exchanging all of this concern, this worry, these things. There, there may have been indications that maybe it could have happened. Maybe there are things that are supposed to happen. But I serve a living God that has given me life and abundance. Not just for me, but for my children, for my family, for all that I know. So I have to shift my focus away from that problem and look to the hills, look to Jesus Christ. And I have to say that that has been my help in, you know, what has helped me. But more importantly, you know, is what we experience in his presence. And I think that was the most significant. As he exchanges things in our life, the most important thing is that he brings us into his presence. You know, if you look at that, that Bible verse, it might be short. It says, I will look up to the hills, but whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord. We've acknowledged that Jesus Christ is our help of the hills, right? Who made heaven and the earth? And that signifies to me that the author knew who this God was. He didn't see God just as a helper. And that would be, uh, you know, a disservice to each and every one of us. If all we see of God is just his help, it would help us. He wants to help us. He's been born to help us. But there's so much more to God. There's so much more to God than just his helping hands. You know, God wants to help you because if you look at it, he's the author of heaven and earth, right? So every worry and problem and situation of heaven and earth is under his feet. He's in his country. So it makes sense to know him beyond God as help. Because if you see him as God as help, you always just need help. Then you will lose out on peace, you will lose out on, on intimacy. You know, there are two ways to experience God. If you remember the story of when Jesus, when God was talking about Adam, um, Moses and the children of Israel, he said that 
that, um, that Moses knew his ways and the children of Israelites knew his heart. To know God's way means that God has revealed himself to Moses. He drawn, Moses had drawn nearer to God and God had drawn nearer to him. Moses knew his ways and God had revealed his character to so when God was even like, I'm going to destroy these people that are using their opens, I, I cannot do it, I, you know, no more, no more. Moses was able to, you know, like, come God and say, no, Father, this is what will happen if you do this. You know, when you know God, you go beyond just what you can get to what you need. And this brings me to the place of intimacy. The greatest place you can receive your help from is in an intimate revelation of him. Because before the worry begins to even overwhelm you, God has revealed things to you. He says he makes his ways, you know, he reveals his secret things to his children, to his servants. And we are more than that, we are his children. You know, everything, everything that we need to live a victorious life, what is that victory, victorious life that you need? Whatever it may be, it starts in his presence. If it's, you're not in his presence, everything will attack you, everything will come you. Everything will try and pull you. And when that, like, just going back on, on what, what I was going through through the week, if I didn't know my father, that is what for me as spirit and life, they are of peace and not of evil, to give me a future and an expected end, those thoughts would have overwhelmed me. Because someone had told me a dream, and now these thoughts were manifesting. And before that, someone again had said, so it was like, what? How, the, that would have been fear manifested in me. And they would have said, oh, yeah, but it has been said that it would happen. But I have to take his word back to him. Now, this is not what you said. This is not how, but how would I know to take God's word back to him if I've not spent time in him? And I thank God for that because we all have that privilege. You and I, each and every single person has been called to an intimate walk. You know, we've been called to experience God beyond him as a helper. You've been called to know him as a creator of the heavens and the earth. The one who does all things. The one who all power belongs to. The one that laid his life down for you. The one that does what no one else can do. The Bible says he sleeps. He doesn't sleep or slumber. This is the God we serve. But it has to, it comes, that the fullness of that experience comes in knowing him, in seeking him, in walking closer to him. You know, um, David has a special place in God's heart, right? We already established that David felt, I mean, he felt deep. He felt hard. But yet God called him a man after his own heart. Why? Because David knew to get himself up and worship God. You know, he knew he was human. He knew he was frail. But he knew the God he said. He knew that intimacy was the way of the salvation. And every time he fell, he went back to God stronger and deeper. So it's not as if we're going to be perfect. We're not talking about perfection here. We're talking about looking up to God. And as you look to God, as you walk with him, as you seek him, that perfection comes. Because there's no one that will stay in the presence of God and remain the same, right? I, I don't think anyone can ever, it's, it's just, I know there's this, story, there's this um, expression, when you say that, actually it's a Nigerian, it's a Yoruba um, proverb. And I'm just going to summarize it because my Yoruba is quite poor, and for those who don't know it, it talks about how if a leaf is tied up, is wrapped in the soap for so long, the leaf itself becomes soap. What you are mingled with, what you stay in as present, you become that thing. You know, if your mind is stayed on Jesus, your mind will become like Jesus. So 
instead of looking for temporary solutions to your life problem, look for eternal solutions to your life. Right? I mean, that's the key. And uh, because that will take us beyond, beyond what our problem, what someone can do for us. You know? And it reminded me of an addition I had years ago. And I always go back to that vision because I believe it's God speaking to each and every single one of us. And it was a vision of me, I was just in the presence of the Father. And I was like a little child. And he reached out his hand to me. And I, I so obviously it's like a, you reaching out a hand to the, the little child. And in pulling, in reaching out to that hand, the Father just drew me into him. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, obviously whatever is in that hand was significant. But the Father drawing us into him. What, I was not asking, what was that? What was that? What was the meaning of that? And what revelation came to me was that often what we do is we reach out to what God has in his hands. His hands of provision. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the Father is looking to draw us into his hands. His hands of embrace. As you draw to that, you can hear his heartbeat. When you are in his embrace, you're protected from any hands. Even in his embrace, you experience the benefit of his hands also. So why limit yourself? You know, often that is where we stop. We stop at the hand, what God is given. But God is saying, no, I want more. Because you need more. It is you that need God, more than God needs you. But in his beauty, he requires us to need him. He needs us also. And, you know, he needs us also. And I pray that God will, will open our eyes to understand that when we look up to that hill, we're not looking for just the minute and the temporary, but we're looking for eternal. We're looking for a, a solution that goes beyond just that where you are right now. You know, we shouldn't be like that man, that, that crippled man by the beautiful gate that reached out for just harms, what money can solve. It would have been, you would have missed it. So my prayer is that God will cause us to see beyond in Jesus' mighty name. So we're just going to use that to just bring ourselves into his presence. Because after this, what just came to me, what I felt we should do is just take a moment and reflect on ourselves. Reflect where you are, where are you? Talk to yourself right now. Let this moment be a time of personal reflection. Where are you right now with your walk with Jesus? Are you just looking to Him as just your helper? Which Him will happily oblige. If you need Him, He's, he's ready and willing to, to help you. Or do you want more? Do you want to know Him as the Lord who made the heavens and the earth? Do you, know, do you want to walk deeper in with Him? Do you want to seek him and know him for who he is? He says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. So just take a moment to reflect on your, on your work with him, on your, on your you know, in relationship with him. And if you're okay with where you are, that's good. Because it's a process. No one can force it. But if you want more, then cry out. Say, Father, I need more. Where I am is not enough. It's not enough for me to come to you every other day for, for you know, menial response or solution. I want more. Because in your presence, the Bible says, in his presence there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, that place of intimacy, there's pleasures forevermore. So are you looking for fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore? Then that is his presence. You find that in his presence. So just turn your heart to him. I, I want us to just take this moment and be quiet now and just Recommit yourself back to him. Rededicate yourself back to him. Ask him to reveal himself intimately to you. And you want to go beyond where you are to where he, you, he wants you to be.